Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Sunday, December the 31st edition, the New Year's Eve edition, and the final day of the season edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we preview the entire offseason. We tell you the no-brainer moves, which tough decisions are going to have to be made, which of the free agents will be back with the Dolphins in 2018, who the Dolphins will target early in the draft, everything you want to know about the Dolphins as they head into the 2018 offseason, we will cover on today's episode. And at the very end, I will reveal my 2018 way too early prediction. But before any of that, I have to go ahead and remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a nice little rating and review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingful NFL. You can follow the show at Locked On Fins. And of course, check out LockedOnDolphins.com for all your written Dolphins content needs. And lastly, check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts, including the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And let's go ahead and jump right into the episode here, guys. I'm starting this episode right around 11 a.m. out here on the West Coast. It's just about halftime in all the early games. I woke up to watch them all and realized they're all pretty awful games. There's either what I call the U-Haul games where the teams are... Looking forward to going home, looking forward to having some time off, not having to be stuck on the grind. And a lot of those teams are playing teams that are fighting for like the first seed or second seed, whatever it is in the AFC, NFC playoff race. So it's just a lot of really bad football. I figured why not get up here and record an episode before the Dolphins play because I'll be busy tonight for New Year's Eve. So I figured I would come up here and get you guys a good podcast episode. And I don't think anyone really cares about the result of the game. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of folks that want to beat the Buffalo Bills. And sure, that would be fun to kind of Make sure they have no chance at the postseason. I don't think they're going to get in regardless of what happens in this game today. So my feelings are really shifted towards the Dolphins in 2018 compared to the Bills in 2017. So that's why I feel like the game's irrelevant. It actually behooves the Dolphins to go ahead and lose the game, get a higher draft pick, just get the process started for 2018 already because for me, 2017 could not be over fast enough. The last time I had this little amount of fun in a football season as a Dolphins fan was 2007. Of course, we had the one win with Greg Camarillo. Ronnie Brown was fun to watch in the beginning part of that year until he gets hurt. And uh, and even for me personally, Chris Chambers gets traded. So that year was just a train wreck for me. This year kind of rivals that just because of all the, even the wins felt like losses. And it just hasn't been fun to hear the media talk about the Dolphins. You know, Twitter's been not very much fun to be on as far as being a Dolphins fan. So not a lot of fun in the season. So let's go ahead and just crumple it up, throw it in the trash, move on to 2018. And we'll talk about this as if the Dolphins lost the game because I think they are going to. I think the only thing that the win or loss could really determine here and uh, could be impacted by prematurely recording this podcast is just draft position. But like I said, I think they'll lose. So we'll assume they go 6-10 and 10 here on the podcast, picking right around 9th, 10th, 11th in the draft in position to get someone pretty good that can impact the team right away. But let's go ahead and give you the facts first here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast and just kind of get you set up for the episode here and talk about which draft picks the Dolphins hold and who they will be playing in 2018 As I record this, I'm about 99% certain this will not change from who they're going to play next year. And the only difference is two football games. You play everybody in a specific AFC division. So you play your own division twice. So the Bills, Jets, Pats twice. We're going to play the AFC South next year. So the Colts, 
Texans, Titans, and Jaguars. We're going to play the NFC North, so one AFC division, one NFC division, Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit, Minnesota. And then you play two teams that finish in the exact same position as you in their respective division in your same conference, if that's not a mouthful for you. So basically, the AFC East third-place team will play the AFC North and West third-place teams also. So that's going to be at home, Oakland Raiders, and on the road for the Cincinnati Bengals. So the entire schedule will go Patriots, Jets, Bills at home. Titans, Jaguars, Lions, Bears, and Raiders at home. So a very favorable home schedule for the Dolphins where Adam Gaze is, assuming they lose this game today, 11-5 and in his two years with the Miami Dolphins. The road games where the Dolphins are 5-11, and not so good. Dolphins will be at the Patriots, Jets, and Bills. We know that every single year. They'll be at the Colts, Texans, Packers, Vikings, and Bengals. So a rough stretch in the NFC there with the Packers and and the Vikings with Rodgers coming back, Vikings being a potential Super Bowl team this year. I think the Houston and Indianapolis games are going to be tougher if you assume that Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck come back. So, you know, quarterbacks is kind of the thing you can look at this this time of the year because, you know, the draft hasn't happened, free agency hasn't happened, not a lot has happened. So it's tough to predict what these teams are going to be next year. But the quarterbacks is something that you can kind of depend on, I guess, and rely upon a little bit there. So not the easiest schedule, but the Dolphins are going to have an entire offseason to get this team fixed so they can be a favorite in those games and not have to worry about playing tough teams. And they'll do that with the draft, starting with round one. They have a pick in round one, two, three. They have two fourth-round picks, no fifth-round pick because of Stephon Anthony. They have a sixth-round pick, and they lost their seventh-round pick in the Julius Thomas trade. So they have six draft picks, missing one in the fifth, missing one in the seventh, and they have two fourth-round draft picks. So that'll be what the Dolphins have to work with in April. But before they get to that point, they have to deal with their own in-house free agents before the start of the new league year and free agency becomes active and they can start pursuing other teams' players. Just going down the list here real quick, we're going to go in order by position, starting with the offense. The Dolphins have three quarterbacks ticketed for free agency, Jay Cutler, Matt Moore, David Fells. You have to assume that Cutler retires, Moore retires, or leaves in free agency, and Fells probably not brought back for anything more than a camp arm. So definitely a position the Dolphins are going to have to address in the offseason to find Ryan Tannehill's backup. Moving on to the running back position, Damian Williams was a restricted free agent last year, had conversations with the New England Patriots about signing with them. He came back with the Miami Dolphins. He be- he becomes an unrestricted free agent this year. That's going to be a tough one. I- I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with him there. I think he could be back in the third down back row. I know Adam Gaze absolutely loves him, but if he wants a lot of money and a better opportunity now that Kenyon Drake is kind of Arriving onto the scene, the Dolphins figured to use a running back or use a draft pick on a running back or sign a free agent here too this offseason as well. So he could be on the outs. And then the big ticket item, the big question everybody wants to know, Jarvis Landry, poised for free agency, has not gotten a new contract yet. Devontae Adams inks a four-year, $58 million guarantee or $58 million contract. I didn't see the guarantees on that. I know it's right around $14 million annually. So if Landry thinks he's among the best, which he does, that's kind of the contract he's probably going to expect. So this could be a very, very tricky situation. Offensive line, Jermon Bushrod, I assume he retires after being banged up. Sam Young has played pretty good as the sixth offensive tackle. He is a free agent. Miami might consider bringing him back in the same capacity next year. Tight end, Anthony Fasano, if he wants to play football again, I imagine it'll be for the Miami Dolphins. Whether he retires or not, I am not sure, but he probably has a role in this offense coming back on a cheap contract. Defensive end, William Hayes, same situation. I think he said he loved it here. He wanted to be re-upped. I'm not really sure why the Dolphins voided that second year on his contract when they traded for him from the Los Angeles Rams, but they did so he is ticketed for free agency a very good run defender and the impact on the Dolphins defense has been felt since he went out defensive end Terrence Fide once again another guy I, I kind of liken him to great uh, to Derek Shelby a few years ago when he signed with the Atlanta Falcons he was a good rotational player so the Dolphins might figure to bring him back if it's affordable but Fide might 
might end up testing the market to see if he can get more money. Stuck behind Cam Wake and Charles Harris and all those guys in the Dolphins defensive line for so many years now. Linebacker Koamisi is on the list. I mean, he. I guess I just had to put him on there, but I don't think he'll be back. Cornerback Alteron Werner, I don't figure he comes back the way the Dolphins... I think he was signed more for uh, injury insurance policy behind some of the cornerbacks the Dolphins had, but with Tony Lippett going out, he finally gets his chance and comes into play cornerback. But I think once those guys come back, he'll be gone. Safeties, three of them, Nate Allen, Michael Thomas, and Walt Akins. I think only one of them is back. I think it's Michael Thomas, perhaps Walt Akins. I don't think Nate Allen comes back. He was expensive and not a good player, and he gets hurt. So potentially Thomas and Akins back just as special teamers. Those guys have been pretty good on that side of the ball for a while now, but just not a lot of value there on the defensive side of the football. So those are your free agents. As we are on the 2018 offseason preview episode here, the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. So we talked a little bit about who the Dolphins have set for free agency, but who are some of the guys on the roster, or I should say signed to the 2018 roster that the Dolphins could move away from to save a little bit of money? Let's go ahead and start with the obvious one, tight end Julius Thomas, currently eating up $6.6 million of the Dolphins' cap hit next year. They can get out of that and save a bunch of money at the tight end position. Moving to the offensive line, this is going to be a tricky one because I talked about Adam Gaze loving Damian Williams, and he has his guys that he loves, and Mike Pouncey is certainly one of those guys, and Mike Pouncey keeps on telling us, and the coaches keep telling us that he has graded out well this year. He has not. The hip is a problem. He can't move the same way. He's a, a shell of the player he used to be, and it's, it's, it's sad to say, but that's the truth. He is making $9 million against the Dolphins' cap next year. They can go ahead and move on from that and save a bunch of money. And then linebacker Lawrence Timmons, he... By going AWOL against the Chargers or before the Chargers game, he kind of did Miami a favor because now they can get out of that contract for only a $2.75 million penalty when in the past it would have been $8 million to get out of that contract. So it was basically a two-year guaranteed contract that, that Lawrence Timmons got. By going AWOL in Los Angeles, he voids that. So Julius Thomas, Mike Pouncey, Lawrence Timmons, all very, very easy cuts. The Dolphins have an option to rescind a franchise tag, or excuse me, a fifth-year option, I should say, on Juwan James, the right tackle. He is due to make $9.3 million next year. If they want to rescind that, play Jesse Davis at right tackle or Zach Sterrup or whoever they think might be a better option at cheaper, they could certainly do that. But I think Juwan James is back because he had a really good season this year before the injury, and he has put together a good stretch of games here going back to about midway through last season. So he's an option to go ahead and move on from. I don't think the Dolphins will do it. And those are basically the only really, really easy decisions. And the Dolphins are going to have some tough decisions to make as well with a couple of players that have either not lit up to the hype or they just weren't what they thought they would be. They haven't grown the way the Dolphins had hoped or they just weren't worth the money that they have or players that are maybe coming down the backstretch of their career and just can't get it done anymore. And speaking of that, let's talk about the defensive ends. And I've seen this floated around a little bit throughout Dolphins Twitter and the Dolphins universe and everything and, and seeing potential ideas about cutting Cameron Wake to save about $8 million against the cap. And he has been such a consistent player for the Miami Dolphins and consistent pass rusher. And the only real pass rush that the Dolphins have had going back to like Jason Taylor, he has been so consistent in getting those pressures off that left edge against the right tackle on offense. And he has done it for a number of years where he's been criminally underpaid. A lot of these big time defensive ends and pass rushers get paid like Olivia Vernon making $16 million a year in New York. Cam Wake makes a lot less than that and gives you even more as a pass rusher. So he has been such a good person for this this organization such a good player for this organization a good leader he is a guy that can set an example in the locker room I wouldn't move on from him I would keep using him at a 40 to 50 percent snap rate and let him rush the passer and do what he does best and he can still be effective he almost he could get not 10 sacks this year if he registers a sack today in the Buffalo game so 
don't cut Cameron Wake. One option that I would cut, but the Dolphins are stuck because of the $10 million cap hit and $10 million next year for Andre Branch, a guy that has been a below-average defensive end for the Dolphins this year. Probably not going to be a starter next year when you consider that Charles Harris takes over for him as Harris has been a nice little boon here at the end of his rookie season playing out the string here in 2017. But I... I mean, you can't move on from Andre Branch. If you can find a trade partner, you go ahead and do it. And another guy that you would do that with is Kiko Alonso, making $9.65 million next year against the cap. He's a Dolphin next year, whether we like it or not. He's had a really, really bad, really rough year, a banged-up year. You know, he's often had injuries. He has a lot of problems in coverage. He's not the best thumping linebacker. Just doesn't really do a whole lot for you, making a lot of money on a bad contract. So if you can find a trade partner, so I'm going to take that deal off your hands, maybe a team that you know has a bunch of money to spend and just needs bodies like a Cleveland Browns, maybe you can do it. I don't think anyone's going to be silly enough to take that contract on, but those are the decisions you're going to have to make is, you know, Kiko Alonso, Andre Branch, Jawan James is a tough decision. And then the last tough decision, the one that I would make if I was in charge, and you guys have heard me talk about this on Twitter a lot, I do not think Devontae Parker should be a Miami Dolphin in 2018. He is making $3.5 million against the cap on you next year, and that's that's a cheap contract for a receiver, especially considering what Kenny Stills and Jarvis Landry figured to make next season. But I, I just don't think he's a good player. I think you can move on from him and get an asset for him while he still is in that cheap contract, someone that wants to take a gamble on him and potentially set up a, a, one of those contract years where he busts out. I don't see it in him. I don't think he has the character or the demeanor to do it. We've heard about his poor practice habits. It shows on Sundays when he's sulking on the sidelines. I just don't see it in the guy. I think you move on while you can get something for him, and better to move on too early than too late. And You can probably get a mid-round draft pick for him. I'd figure from somebody that just wants to take a gamble on him and see what they can get. So that's the tough decision that I would make. The other ones are going to be a lot harder to make just because of the money ramifications, but that's kind of where the Dolphins are heading with the potentially tough de- tough decisions to make this offseason. And speaking about tough decisions and who the Dolphins will bring in, because there is going to be new blood in the Miami Dolphins. They always bring in about five or six free agents from other teams, and it's been more bargain sh- bargain shopping in recent years than it has been the Indomitian Sues or the Mike Wallaces or the Brandon Alberts. Dolphins haven't made that big splash play in a couple of years, but I'm not going to get into predicting which specific guys the Dolphins will target. That requires a lot of work that I have not done yet, to be completely frank with you guys. It requires looking into which coaches have histories with that player, who they may have liked in the scouting process. It just You have to do a lot of digging up through past information to find out who the Dolphins coveted at certain spots or whether relationships that exist between existing free, agency, existing free agents as well as the Dolphins brass. So I will have an episode on that in the future. I don't know when it'll be, but I just want to explain to you guys that I don't know the details of that and who they could possibly target in free agency. But I do know there are some positions they might figure to target in free agency. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But first, talking about potential draft targets. And I think that you have a couple of things you have you must improve on this team. We talked about the red zone play and the red zone offense as well as defense. I think tight end is a position the Dolphins have to absolutely target. And this could be a year they do it in the draft early First round, I think pick 11, 12, wherever it's going to be, is going to be a little bit too high for a tight end, like a Mark Andrews from Oklahoma. But I think you can start to think about it in the second round with a guy like Dallas Gutter out of South Dakota State. Some big tight end, a Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski mismatch type of freak that can inline block and catch the ball in the red zone. Hopefully the Dolphins figure out something for that position. And then on defense, they have to improve sub-package defenses as well as the base defense run defending. And talking about when they're in there with three linebackers and four down linemen and four defensive backs, stopping the run out of those packages. And then when the Dolphins go to the nickel or different types of packages with fewer linebackers, preventing the third and long passes. So a guy like in the first round, like a fast linebacker that can cover sideline 
the sideline as well as can tackle. It's a sure tackler and can cover. I think you're looking at two guys for that potential position. Rashawn Evans, linebacker out of Alabama, and Roquan Smith, linebacker out of Georgia. Those two guys figure to be potential draft targets for the Dolphins in the first round. If you look at the second round, I think like a U-dubs, Keyshawn Bieria could be a good option, a speedy linebacker. So I figure the Dolphins will spend a high resource on tight end, linebacker, and then the last one that I think they'll really kind of target is the center. And the Dolphins haven't been very privy to interior offensive line spending before. And I think that really pertains more to the offensive guard. I think Adam Gaze might view the center as a guy that kind of makes the line protection calls, has to be a leader of the team, a guy that has a, a workman-like mentality and a guy that wants to be first in, last out type of player. So I think they'll they'll target that position as well. So it could be a, like a Billy Price or a Frank Ragno out of the draft or maybe someone in free agency. I haven't looked at the list, like I said, but I think that tight end, center, and the guy that can improve the sub-package defense and then also defensive end will be the four biggest targets the Dolphins have this offseason through the draft, through free agency. And I'm talking about the high resources, the, you know, the bigger contracts in free agency or the top first two the top two or three rounds in the draft with those high assets. So those are the positions the Dolphins will attack heavily. We still have to maybe account for a potential cornerback. Uh, obviously, you have to get a backup quarterback, a backup running back, a number two running back, I should say, would be in the cards as well. And then the left guard position as well. Probably going to be more of a cheaper option. We'll see what Isaac Asiata plays like today. So those are your pressing needs, your center, your tight end, your linebacker slash sub package defender, as well as defensive end. And then the ones that I think are secondary to those are left guard, backup quarterback, and then cornerback on the edge for the defense. So we'll see what the Dolphins do. I think they're going to take the best player available. They seem to like just getting the most value out of that draft pick, and I agree with that scenario. But we'll just see what they do in terms of addressing those needs and which resources to use to fulfill those needs. All right, here are the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We're talking 2018 offseason. Your host, Travis Wingfield, at Wingfield NFL. And for the last segment, I'm going to give you guys my way too early 2018 prediction for the 2018 season of the Miami Dolphins here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. Coming down the home stretch for the last podcast of 2017 for the Miami Dolphins here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your host Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL. And I want to make a way too early 2018 prediction for you guys, just talking about everything the Dolphins could do from here until September to get up to that point. We're going to cover that every day for you guys here on the podcast, Monday through Thursday, talking all things Miami Dolphins from draft visits, senior bowl reports, scouting combine reports, the actual draft itself, free agency the schedule release show, everything you guys want going to be here in the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. And for that 2018 season, I know that everyone thinks this roster is in shambles. They think that Adam Gaze might be in over his head, which is silly in its own right, but we'll get back to that later in another show. They think that the ownership could do better. They think that this team needs a complete rebuild. They need a new quarterback. All this doom and gloom surrounding a 6-10 and 10 team, the Miami Dolphins having a down year with a bunch of things going against them in the 2017 season. So that's why I'm here to tell you that everything is going to get corrected and be back on track next year. The quarterback is going to come back and pick up his pace that he was on 2016, going to play like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Ryan Tannehill going to come back and lead this team back to the postseason. The running back position, Kenyon Drake, a breakout star this year, going to continue that in 2018. They're going to have Jarvis Landry coming back at wide receiver. They're going to be more complete with Landry, Stills, incorporating Jakeem Grant more into the offense, and possibly a Devontae Parker replacement with a good unit at wide receiver. The tight end, they're going to address that in the draft or free agency with a high resource 
put on that position, and they're going to improve the red zone offense. The offensive line is going to play better like it did this year. They're going to get Laramie Tunsil playing better at left tackle. They're going to have Jesse Davis for a full season. They're going to get Jawan James back. They're going to address the center position. It's going to be a better group there. The defensive line is going to get more production out of Charles Harris. Cam Wake is going to be the beast he always has been. They're going to find another pass rusher in the draft somewhere. The interior is going to play better with Ndamukong Sue coming back. Jordan Phillips, Devon Godshop in their fourth and second years. Vincent Taylor in his second year. A deeper, more seasoned group there. Linebacker is going to be remade with a guy with a high draft pick or a free agency signing that's going to come in and improve the sub package defense. He's going to tackle better. He's going to improve the entire defense with Rayquad McMillan coming back to give the defense a boost. The cornerbacks are going to play better with Sabian Howard having a breakout season this year. Bobby McCain having a breakout in the slot. Cordray Tankersley in year two. Tony Lippett coming back from injury. The two safeties, Rashad Jones and TJ McDonald, are going to play better in terms of being more cohesive and playing as a, a unit this year with more experience together. So that's why the Miami Dolphins in 2018 are going to win the AFC East and take down the New England Patriots and get into the playoffs and win their first playoff game since I was in the sixth grade and make us all buy back into Adam Gaze and Ryan Tannehill and the Miami Dolphins as a legit franchise and a proud winning organization. That is going to do it for today's Locked On Dolphins podcast episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfulNFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Check out at Locked On NFL on Twitter as well as the Facebook page. And check out LockedOnDolphins.com for all your written Dolphins content needs. Be back tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.